0: and welcome to the noble man podcast episode number 39. Our topic for this month is the noble man makes noble plans. And so we're actually in our third conversation. We're having essentially the same conversation with three different sets of guys and the whole idea is to get perspective on how 2020 has impacted us negatively, what it's uh, how it's uh, impacted our lives, our businesses, our, our families, our leadership and how we are recovering in that uh, finishing strong in 2020 and anticipating a healthy and godly launch of 2021 so i pray um that you will uh, delight in our time here and uh let's let's start by meeting these guys i'm gonna start with the youngest guy i'm gonna get uh zach Harding to introduce himself kind of tell us where you are in life and um give us a little snapshot of who you are and where you are zach
1: yeah so my name is Zach Harding I'm 22 years old so I am on the younger younger side of the crowd and um, I'm a senior at Virginia Tech uh, in about five months or so I will be commissioning into the United States Navy as a naval flight officer and uh, 10 days or so after that I will be getting married so I am in a season of whirlwind changes but um I'm loving it right now
0: you're you're not excited about any of that, are you Zach?
1: Uh, maybe just a little bit.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's been our privilege to meet your fiance and spend some time with her, too. So uh, uh, you have both chosen well. We're excited to see how this all unfolds. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. I on am, that. too. Yeah. All right, Chris, tell us, uh, introduce yourself and tell us about where you are in life.
2: My name is Chris Basic. I am a husband. i uh, been married to my wife for nine years. We have five kids. Number six is on the way. Um, so our oldest is eight, it's eight, seven, six, four, one, and then the baby on the way. I'm a police officer in Henrico County. I've been doing that since 2013.
0: And you're going to have some unique perspective on what, uh, 2020 has brought to us from this, uh, police officer's perspective, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, it was different. Saw a lot of things I hadn't seen before. And, uh, the way I describe it, I, I think I leveled up as a police officer this year.
0: Okay. Good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get into some of that. All right. Mike, introduce yourself. I'm Mike Montgomery,
3: and uh, I've been married to my high school sweetheart bride for 50 years this year. And uh, we headed off in uh, 1972 into the Air Force, spent 23 years, 13 moves, raised uh, two uh, delightful kids, a son and a daughter, and uh, in that environment. After the military, we spent um, 11 years on staff with with crew and uh, we were the military marriage folks. So we were investing back in the marriages of these young folks that we just really, really loved. But uh, since 2016, we have been at uh, Virginia Tech and uh, we get the privilege of uh, working with young folks like uh, Zach Hardy and his peers. And uh, encouraging them and their future careers. Besides that, uh, Linda and I are grandparents to ten uh, grandchildren, and uh, we also serve at uh, our at Christiansburg Baptist Church, where a deacon and uh, one of our real hearts is is just equipping young folks for uh, for this. The challenges of life and yeah. uh, marriage.
0: Wow. Well, you've got, uh, and it's good for you to come alongside a fellow like Zach, who's getting ready to jump right into the deep end of that pool there. So uh, that's fun. Well, let me let me get you started with a question, Mike. How has 2020 thrown you some curveballs? What happened to this year that you did not expect, and uh, what what were challenges that you faced this year?
3: Well, in a couple of different areas, I guess in terms of family, because uh, we ended up spending a lot more time with our, our granddaughters, since uh, both both their their parents are both uh, paramedic firefighters with Roanoke County, and so we end up doing a lot of the of the uh, child care, and uh, and so the school system has kind of thrown that. But that's but that in really it's been a blessing that we've been able to spend more time with Christina and Heather. And uh, then the other thing was how it impacted ministry, especially on campus. We had the privilege though of seeing guys like Zach and his peers who stepped up to really connect with, with their classmates and also the freshmen. Normally the staff would have a little bit more contact with freshmen, we didn't at all. And so we had that was that was a great surprise and a great it probably wasn't a surprise because they're they're up and coming leaders. But just a great blessing to see them step out and uh, meet the needs for uh, for connecting with uh, with other young folks.
0: So did that frustrate you when you couldn't as a staff make those connections? I, I know it's cool to see the the senior leaders step up, but tell me about your response to that.
3: I don't know that it was. There was always that element of uncertainty. So yep. what do we do next? But um, I guess after a while, you just get to the point where you just roll with the punches and and deal with things as uh, as, as as it's dealt you. And uh, and and God is just faithful. He yep. finds a way uh, for you to be able to uh, to meet people's needs and uh, to deliver on His word.
0: All right, so let me jump to Zach um, and 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 look at this. Um, a key verse for noble warriors is, but the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. Isaiah 32, 8. And Zach, I, you're good friends with my Zach. You guys are classmates at Virginia Tech and the Corps of Cadets, and there were lots of plans that you guys had as— uh, as you were trying to finish out your junior year and then that transition summer between junior and senior and then the beginning of the senior year, you had lots of plans that got disrupted. So tell me about how 2020 threw you some curveballs.
1: Yeah, so as, as a student, I, I live my life at the uh, hands of the school's administration, and I can't make my own decisions. I have to go with what they say, and um, there were a lot of curveballs, as you said, that were thrown my way in the spring. Um, we had our ring dance canceled, which is a very big deal. At Virginia Tech, if you're not familiar with that, uh, we had our end of the year, change of command, turnover ceremonies, thrown to the wayside. Um, I was supposed to spend about a month with a jet squadron the summer and that was, um, tossed to the side. And that was, that was something I was really looking forward to. And that was right. hard to, that was hard to come to deal with, but, um, and then even going into senior year, there's just so many things that are different. Um, so many things I've been looking for looking forward to as a freshman sophomore junior that um just weren't available and weren't, wasn't made possible um but I think that at the root of it all my friends and I Zach and I um we, ca- we kind of came together and we wanted to make the best of it um and so it's one of the things that we've been doing is just looking how can we get the most out of what we have been given yeah um yeah
0: well, so I know you and Zach and so a few other guys have a little group that you call Mock 6. So tell me what Mock 6 is and what role that has played in this whole uh this whole 9-month season with with the pandemic.
1: So Mock 6 stands for Men of Christ 6 and uh the 6 is stemming from the fact that there are 6 of us, 6 uh men, young men, and um I think that that has been such a strong point in my life this group that we have. Because um, we all know, everyone listening knows how hard it was to just deal with all these uh, rapid changes, thing, things that we had never seen, things that we yep. could have never dreamt. Um, and to have five other guys that I could go to um, and just lay my burdens on uh, and have them pray for me and build me up and encourage me, but then also be the person that they were to me. So they could come to me, lay their burdens on me, and I can help them through that. Um, and it's really, it's really helped me grow through this season.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Now, Chris, you are an essential worker as a police officer, so uh, you there was not much time off for you when the pandemic started. I'm sure, and there were probably some times when you worked a lot of extra hours with the with the racial tension and the the rallies and and so forth. So. What has this year looked like for you? What have been some of the challenges?
2: Uh, yeah, it was it was challenging. Um, as far as COVID, I actually was working less days. It kind of split us up into four on, four off. Wow. Back like I was not patrol. But then when the riots hit, I'm on the civil disturbance team in Henrico, which is about, it's not quite 50 guys, but we do the riots. So uh, I ended up getting a lot of overtime and working a lot of hours for that. So once that cleared up and um schedule my schedule wasn't affected too bad by the COVID stuff but the riots for sure. But as a family we were okay. Uh my wife stays home and homeschools the kids anyway, and I was going to work just like normal. So outside of outside of, inside the house it was pretty normal here at the basic house.
0: You know, one of the things that occurs to me in the midst of this is that the smaller our gatherings, uh, the less um susceptible they are to disruptions like this that's why i think the mo the mock six guys you've got a small group of guys so you can continue to encourage each other um your family unit i know you have a small group too that you guys did you guys continue to meet um with your small group
2: yes we did zoom meetings which was was not fun yeah and because of my schedule brian wagner had to lead a lot of them He's my, uh, my partner there in the leading the small group. And it, yeah, our attendance was way down. Sometimes it would be three, four of us uh, down from normally we on a Sunday, we get about we get between 10 and 20 regularly, usually about 15 zoom meetings didn't go well. And uh, I would my internet's so bad out here in Palatine, I would cut off half the time and they would have to just talk, I guess, while we, uh, <laughs> while we figured out our internet connection situation. But uh, I have another group I meet with, with Brian Wagner and Jonathan Braun. We would meet once a month. We usually eat at a restaurant and just talk about uh, manly things. When uh, we started doing that back after a Parkway men's retreat uh, that you led, I can't remember how many years back that was, but that actually was affected quite a bit because we couldn't go out.
0: So we lose some things along the way here. Now, let me me ask you, what were some surprising blessings that came out of this? Can you look back and say, okay, this is – uh, if if we hadn't had some of the turmoil in 2020, then I wouldn't have experienced this or found this out about myself or my family. What w- what was a blessing that was unexpected in this?
2: Yeah, so the riots for sure were. I I wish they didn't happen. It was terrible, and some officers really got hurt. And uh, fortunately, no one from Henrico got hurt that I know of, and I didn't get hurt. But it was it was quite stressful and. Uh, It was trying and I'll never forget how tired I was at the end of the second night because the first two days of rides, I'd worked the daytime as well. So I worked an entire shift. I think the the first day I'd worked from 10 to 9.30 and then I worked out from 9.30 to 11. And then I got called out into the city at midnight. So I had to stay up all night, deal with all that. Then the next day, uh, we didn't believe we would be needed in the city again because I'm in Henrico. And I worked the daytime again with very little sleep, and then I ended up having to pull another all-nighter with what will probably go down as the most, uh, the most, the craziest night that I'll, hopefully it'll go down as the craziest night I ever work as a police officer. That was tough, but at going through adversity like that makes you stronger and now when I'm going through something stressful, it's, uh, at least there's no fire in the road in front of me. At least people aren't throwing uh, bricks at me. At least people yeah. aren't uh, throwing fireworks at me. So uh, a lot of everything else seems a lot easier, and stressful situations aren't quite, a, quite as stressful for me.
0: How does God meet you in those moments?
2: Well, just looking back through Scripture and just knowing the stories that— uh, I grew up learning and reading, and you think about Joshua and the Battle of Jericho and the things he was going through, and he had to feel like I did, just not knowing what was going to happen next, and he even even had uh, crazier orders than I did, march around the, the, the city of Jericho and just uh, be quiet, and then eventually you're just going to yell and kind of win there, and just thinking of the stuff David went through, and I think they had it even harder than I did, but they were able to to be great examples and great people to follow. And like I said, I didn't have it as bad as they did, but, um, it was a good example and, uh, just maintaining my small group and being able to, even though it was few less of us, um, being able yeah. to talk to them and I was able to talk to different Christians throughout two of the guys I rode with in the, uh, riots that we spent most of our time with were believers. So, That's encouraging. And you can talk through that stuff together.
0: Yeah. Intense times tend to help us find uh, we're looking for comrades, for people to walk with us and and be encouraged by. Mike, let's let's jump to you. You've already mentioned a couple of things, some extra time with the grandkids and seeing the uh, some leadership step up. What were some other good things that have come out of this whole covid scenario for you?
3: Well, we were just grateful. I know like the students were that uh, we actually made it through the semester. And so uh, I, I was just blessed that my guys, I disciple two, three groups of two each uh, upperclassmen and, and uh, they were just hungry to spend time together. And the weather was so great that most of the time we were told us to sit outside. And it was, it was just kind of a A relief from what feel like confinement and uh, and the pressure of that so uh it was it was a lovely fall in that way yeah and and i just i i love investing in uh in young folks so that that just gives me encouragement and uh, a whole lot of energy i do that all day
0: (laughs) it's uh it's pretty cool that you know as you're investing in these young folks that are headed to the military they're going to be dispersed around the world and take the gospel message with them. So there's, there's just uh, some excitement about that, I'm sure.
3: Absolutely. And of course, we we love marriage ministry and preparing them for yeah. marriage. Uh, as a chaplain friend of mine used to say, uh, I'd much rather build a fence at the top of the cliff than be the ambulance driver at the bottom, picking up the, the, the brokenness. And so military marriage ministry, we were always usually we're dealing with problems. right? And so it's, it's so great to be able to, uh, to pour into them in the
1: beginning.
0: On the front end. That's awesome. Right. Well, Zach, what are some positives that you found in this that are unexpected in this season?
1: Similarly to Mike, one of the, po- one of the biggest positives in my life was the extra time. So getting to um, strengthen my pre-existing relationships yeah. with my mom and dad and my three younger brothers Uh, was a huge blessing and um, we were uh, also blessed to be able to take a trip out west to utah and visit some of the national parks out there um, and just experience god's creation and the beauty uh, and just wonder of uh, places like zion national park and bryce canyon Um, that was that was definitely a huge blessing but then uh, further on in the pandemic and as I uh, was also referenced, it was a huge blessing to be able to stay um, at Virginia Tech on campus. I know there were a lot of worries and uh, concerns about the possibility of being sent home maybe a week or two into the yeah. semester. And um, we were able to stay the course, and we came home uh, on time for Thanksgiving. And It's a huge blessing.
0: You know, uh, just thinking about our experience with Zach coming home, and Ben was at home most of that time because of, uh, he was doing a an internship. But um, I know Zach was glad to not be at home. We delight in having him there, but um, boy, when you' when you're your age, 21, 22 years old, uh, being at home for guys like you who are getting ready to go out and take on the world, it's, uh, it's not altogether a comfortable thing um, for a long period of time, I guess. Is that how you yeah, would? Yeah That's say- definitely
1: true. It's, it's the, the dichotomy between loving your household loving your independence and freedom that comes with being 21 and 22 is very interesting to navigate. And it's, it was definitely another, another challenge that was brought up through all this. Just how can I um, suppress my desire to be independent because I'm in a household where I need to be a dependent. And that was something that I really had to lean on the guys for just, Hey, like I am struggling with being told what to do all the time. Um, And because that's not how I live my life at school. But it's it was a great way that it, it stretched me. God stretched me. He grew me. um, becoming more and more um, someone who loves being able to say, like, hey, I'll do the dishes. Hey, I'll do yeah. the trash. So.
0: Wow. Well, I will tell you that as the parent of two college students that have been home, uh, it's not easy for us either to try and figure out what is the where is the fine line between um, – the parent who is engaged and involved and, and, you know, curious asking questions and being overbearing, man, that is, that's a tightrope. Um, but uh, you know, the grace of God, he meets us in those moments. And, and one of the things that, uh, Stacy and I often talk about is we, we purposely intentionally prayerfully seek to delight in every stage of parenting. And Chris, you've heard me say that probably that, um, You know, whether the kids are in diapers or in a cradle or they're in preschool or elementary school or high school or learning to drive. uh, Part of our role as parents is to is to take delight in that process of raising them up um, in partnership with the Lord. But it's not always easy. I just uh, they're they're tight ropes to walk there for sure. Well, let me ask you this. What are you doing? Uh, we've got a couple more weeks, I think three weeks maybe. Uh, let's see. We're recording this on the 16th. we got two weeks left in 2020. How are you finishing strong? What, what are you doing? We're celebrating Jesus' birth. Um, we're getting ready to close things down for 2020. Anything unique that you're doing with your family, you've got, uh, Zach, why don't you jump into this one first? Because uh, there are conversations that you may be having with your fiance about, how you're going to do Christmas this year, and how it will be different next year, man. You've got the you've got the opportunity to begin having some very strategic and intentional conversations about what your family's going to be like down the road.
1: Yeah. So I, um, Jane and I met in high school our freshman year, and um, so we have known each other for a very long time, and so we know each other's traditions um, kind of pretty well but the struggle with knowing each other from high school is that her family lives 20 minutes down the road from mine. And so this isn't something where I can call my parents and say, Oh, Hey, I will be in another state for Christmas. Um, or her call, her parents and say, Oh, we're going to be in another state. It's, um, we're gonna, we're gonna have to decide how to do that. And, um, it's something that it's already is a challenge. Um, on Thanksgiving, that that's a, this is a good example. On Thanksgiving, I, we had to push our Thanksgiving dinner a little bit back so I could go be with her family for Thanksgiving dinner. And, um, Christmas is, I'm sure it'll be the same as, uh, she'll come and join us for Christmas dinner later in the evening, but it's, um, it's definitely hard to navigate. And, um, I'm relying on my parents a lot for the wisdom on how to do this, but.
0: All right, let me, I have to stop and ask you a question here. How are you doing with your relationship with your mother and her mother and how, uh, gosh they may listen to this. I don't know so we have to be delicate and careful here but um, th- this is one of the challenges because they're I, I, how do you est- how are you working to establish the Zach Harding home Mr. and Mrs. Zach Harding you're thinking about that right now and uh, how, how are you doing that and still maintaining positive relationship with with mothers and fathers? what is what is your strategy for that?
1: So personally, I definitely fall prey to um, trying to gain everyone's approval. And this is something, this is very dangerous territory for someone who struggles with that because you want to please your mom and you want to please your future mother-in-law and your fiance's mom. Um, And usually you can do both, but not on, not in the ways that the moms expect to be pleased. (laughs) And so we, what I'm trying to do right now is find ways to honor both of them, um, to indulge in their hospitality and the meals that they're making, um, but also spend ample time with each other and not feel like I'm putting one on the back burner to go be with the other. Um, and so it's it's a lot of, how would you feel about this? Those kind of questions. Um, how would you feel if I went and had dinner with Jane tonight or something like that? How would you feel if I, if Jane came here for dinner. Um, it's a lot of I, I can't assume anything, and that's probably the biggest piece of wisdom that I would have in this for this season. You can't assume because everyone has different expectations. I had different expectations, my mom has different expectations, and it's I, mean, I need to put everything on the table in order to not um hit any tripwires, so oh. to speak.
0: You are wise beyond your years, I think, Mike Montgomery. Why don't you uh Why don't you give us some insights about what Zach has shared there? You've, you've obviously got some perspective here.
3: Well, I, I was going to say, Mike, that what you and I need to coach parents on is the parenting of adult children. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more difficult. I think you will agree than it ever was when they were smaller, you know? Uh, And, and especially in the military context, uh, there need to be right expectations for families as well. And uh, we always try to, we often try to coach parents, parents into that, you know, maybe you, you're the one probably has more flexibility in your schedule and your finances. So we shouldn't be expecting our, uh, our young folks to be coming home for holidays and all. Maybe it's time for us to, um, to, to be traveling and uh, being the ones who are flexible to make these kinds of events happen. Our our son spent uh, 20 years in the Air Force as well. And so you know we traveled all over the world to try to um, accommodate their schedules right. rather than expecting them to come back from uh, from Europe or or even uh, even uh, Arizona you know to to spend christmas or holidays with us
0: and i think i read in your newsletter that you guys are headed to phoenix right after christmas or after the first of the year correct
3: the end of the year and uh, we'll spend a couple of weeks with them and uh, and and trying to run interference with the uh, eight grandkids out there. So all well, adopted,
0: all adopted,
3: all adopted.
0: That yes. is amazing. Well, a- anything else from your perspective on how you're going to finish 2020 strong? What do you, what are you reading in the word as you're closing out this year?
3: Actually, I guess thinking, almost thinking more toward uh, the next year and, and just in the cultural context and just in teaching others. Um, there was a great quote from, um, uh, Chuck Swindoll recently, and probably what I would consider his classic, "Becoming a People of Grace." That's probably one of his uh, his uh, classic preaching series. But he says, "Think biblically, not culturally; reason theologically, not humanistically." And uh, and so I think there's lots of of ways that uh, that we can do that, both in in terms of the Christmas season, but also in terms of engaging our families and, and those that God's given us in our spheres of influence to uh, to deal with, uh, you know, the cultural uncertainties and all happening around us, like yeah. Chris is talking about. So
0: we need wisdom and help for how we're going to not only understand our own experiences, but how we're going to speak into the lives of others from a godly perspective. That's uh, Man, we have to be ready with, uh, with a word of wisdom to share. All right, Chris, um, how are you finishing out 2020 strong with, uh, with the kids? Are you guys doing Christmas as normal or are you changing traditions? How are you leading through this?
2: So, we'll be here. We're doing it like normal. We'll be here in Virginia and have a normal Christmas. There's two things I wanted to talk about here one personally, and one with the family. So, I didn't have to lead a small group this month. So, I had a lot of free time. Brian Wagner's leading my small group uh, the two times we were meeting uh, because of work schedule for me. So, I decided to read a couple of books on prayer, which is uh, I, I would say it's one of my weaker areas. Uh, I really don't like praying in public, and I do it every week in my small group, and I really, I don't know, it probably shows that I don't, I don't really enjoy it. So uh, the first book I'm reading is A Simple Way to Pray. It's by Archie Parrish, wrote it. It contains Martin Luther gave advice to his barber way back in the day about how to pray, and I think that book was about 30 some pages that he wrote to his barber. And this book has that in there along with some other it, other stuff. It has context and it has um, an additional chapter about praying through the Psalms and stuff like that. that that's what I'm working on now. I'm, I'm almost done that one. And then I have another book, you know, I'm a big R.C. Sproul fan uh and rc Sproul wrote a book called the prayer of the lord or something like that that i have and i'm going to read that next the simple way to pray rc Sproul also says is probably the most influ- influential book he read on his prayer life that's what i'm working on myself and i'll try to i'll pass that on to my kids hopefully but the thing i've really been focusing on on my family recently um it started it's it's been building through the year my boys are getting older and I really want them to be good Christian men, but I also want them to be strong. I want yeah. them to be strong. Like those figures back in the Bible. And it's interesting, John Piper, um, well, desiring God just had an article, not safe, but good. And it talks yeah. about exactly, exactly that. And in that article, it talks about, uh, I'm not going to get it word for word, right. But it contrasts a tiger and a kitten. And it says, you know, a kitten isn't really gentle. It has no, I mean, it's, it's harmless, basically. A kitten versus a tiger. A tiger is capable of being strong. You want it to be gentle. So I want my kids to be um, not harmless, but I want them to be strong and still be gentle and be meek. In Matthew chapter five, it talks about the meek will inherit the earth. And I've always liked that translation of the word meek is power under control. I'm really, I've really been focusing on that for my boys, especially. I want my girls to be strong as well. And It's just uh, I'm really focusing on the boys. The girls, I I want them to be strong, so uh, the guy that they choose down the line will be hopefully uh, even stronger. They won't choose a wimp or something like that. (laughs) But uh, there's just different ways I've been doing that. The kids, as far as physical strength, the kids, when I work out in my garage, they like to come out there and hang around on the pull-up bar. and I have a punching bag in there. They like to put my gloves on and punch that. At first, I didn't want them to be out there. It was trying my patience and I would lose the count of how many reps I was on, stuff like <laughs> that. Uh, they would crawl on top of me when I was bench pressing, stuff like that. But I've learned if I want them to enjoy stuff like that, I need to let go out there and do it with me. Uh, for Christmas, I got them uh, their own boxing gloves, not to hit each other so they can go out and work out on the back <laughs> like, like I do. I bought a really nice Gerber knife this year. My kids really like. So I, instead of keeping them away from knives. And they, there's a BB gun that we use this year. Instead of keeping them away from that stuff, I'm trying to introduce them to that stuff with my Overwatch. So there's no, there's no dan- well, the danger's severely lessened. But, uh, yeah, trying to introduce them to that stuff so they'll grow up to be strong. They'll be hopefully more assertive, more aggressive, reject pas- passivity while still being like Christ and being gentle and forgiving. Uh, because I would hate for it to swing too far the other way where they're strong but not good. So there's got to balance all that out. But that's that's what I'm working on with my family. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: Wow. Uh, So, Mike, would you uh, make a comment about what you just heard from Chris in terms of his investment in his kids?
3: Well, that's beautiful. And that's the ultimate compliment for a dad that your kids want to be with you. So much of this is uh, is best modeled. And so, uh, gee, I just, I commend you, I commend you for that. Uh, having been a Scoutmaster for years, I was always disheartened by the guys who didn't want to uh, participate with us as, uh, you know, and our uh, dads who wouldn't want to do a high adventure with their sons and all. Uh, this, Yeah, you're, you're just investing in them in great ways at, at exactly the right periods of their lives.
0: It's just fun to hear that, um, and and Zach, it's good for you to hear things like that. As you know, so Chris again has been married for nine years, and he's got his sixth child on the way. So I think uh, we want to populate the world with kingdom-minded families, kingdom-minded kids, and uh, and raise them up to be warriors for the kingdom, both boys and girls. So, what's your reaction to to hearing that from Chris as you're as you're sitting there?
1: That, that was awesome. As I am only 22 and marriage is five months down the road, I recognize the possibility that there I might be a father in, what is that, 14 months? Um, it's possible, it, probably not in my plan right now, but it, who knows what's <laughs> in God's plan. Um, and so it's definitely something that I recognize I need to, I can't uh, put off, I can't put off the preparation of a of, of fatherhood. And so i'm definitely um in this time where i'm beginning to recognize and learn that i'm i'm beginning to soak in that wisdom and um just hearing the intentional investment that chris is making right now is it was really encouraging it was awesome to hear
0: that's fun you know i uh, i will say when i we've got three boys and then a girl and um i've had hannah on with a, with some of her friends for a podcast one time i'm looking forward next week we're going to record a podcast with me and the three boys because uh, Tim, Tim should be in town. And Chris, one of the things I would say to you, I'm, I'm glad you're attentive to this, and and Stacy helps me with some perspective. I am so inclined to invest strategically in my sons that I have to really dial it back and pay attention and look for some really helpful wisdom about how to love my daughter well. And, and I would tell you that as I'm looking at 2021, I know that's an area where I have to improve. Is I, I'm I'm so focused on investing in men that I have a beautiful daughter that I'm going to place her hand with my blessing in someone else's in the future, and I, I need to be making some very intentional and strategic investments in these last few years of her time at home. So. Uh, for whatever that's worth, for those of you guys out there listening to this, make sure you are intentional with your daughters as well as your sons uh, because we need to do that. Hey, listen, uh, guys, how will you lead? The noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. You know, we're asking ourselves, what does 2021 look like? Some of you have already talked about books and and some things that you're doing. But um, how are you going to represent Christ with what you've learned in 2020? How are you going to move forward into 2021 and represent Christ well in your vocational assignment, or how are you going to grow closer to him personally? What discipline do you see yourself working on? Chris has given us a couple of books. Mike and Zach, I'm curious, what books are you going to be working on, um, and and what's your plan moving forward um, to make sure that you're one of these noble men who makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands?
1: Yeah, so I'm working through two books right now. Um, I have one over on my nightstand uh, called "Finally Free" by I, I believe it's by Heath Lambert, and um, it's just the premise is is purity. And I recognize that that's something that as I'm entering um, marriage, I I can't come to the altar and stand on an impure life, purity with my fiance Jane, and purity with my, my personal life, things that I watch, I view, I look at i like on um, instagram and facebook uh i need i i really have to get that in line before i lead her and me and us together um and then the second thing second book is the meaning of marriage by timothy keller and um jane and i are reading through that together right now and that is i have never read this is the first book by tim keller i've read and i have never read an author who writes so intelligently but so casually—that's that's not the best word that I can use. But just everything he writes is so wise, and it's not—I don't have to reread everything twice hmm. to understand, to like really grasp and soak in what he's saying. Um, but it's great to be able to read that with Jane, uh, and we're learning a lot through it. But um,
0: so share one I, insight from my, what both my you've books in there. preparation.
1: Yeah, share one insight from what you've learned there. I think the biggest thing that I've learned it was a couple chapters ago, um, and it was. Um, learning to love the new spouse. That, that, um, and it's something that I had never heard before. Um, obviously people change, that's life. We all know that. Um, but his, his whole, his point of the chapter was the person that you marry in 2021 is going to be completely different from the person who you were married to in 2041. Um, and hopefully by the grace of God, it'll be completely uh, good changes. But we're going to change. Um, and you, with those changes, you need to love, or the, the way you love needs to change. And um, how you love needs to change. And you have to change with them. You can't hold on to the the picture perfect um, honeymoon phase. You have to realize that you, your spouse is going to change. And God is making those changes. And because God is making those changes, those changes are, are holy and, and uh, right. So. That's definitely the thing that I took, the biggest thing I've taken away.
0: Yeah. I, so that's awesome that you see that and you're thinking about it. First uh, Peter 3, um, Peter says for husbands to live with your wives in an understanding way. And boy, that is a lifetime adventure. Um, you're getting ready to start that. I'm 28 eight years into that. Uh, Mike said that he's 50 years into seeking to understand, live with his wife in an understanding way. Chris is nine years into that. Um, And that's, that's great wisdom for all of us to understand. And guys, if you're out there listening to this, one of the things that you could make a plan to do and follow it up with some deeds is to make sure you seek to understand your wife better in 2021 than you did in 2020. Uh, I think that's a boy. That's a worthwhile goal. Thanks for for sharing that with us, Zach. That's awesome. Uh, Chris, what are, what else other than prayer? What are you working on, and how are you how are you planning to take some lessons from twenty twenty into twenty twenty one?
2: Yeah, if I could just comment on what Zach said real quick before I do that. Sure. Uh, when we moved recently, we moved. I think like two years ago. I came across one of our books from premarital counseling, and. I went, and it was, I can't remember the book we went through. It was by some guy named Parrot. I
0: yeah, less Les, Leslie Parrot. Parrot. Probably it. probably saving your marriage yeah. before it starts.
2: Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, so I, I looked at those answers that I wrote down when I, before I was married, and I was really embarrassed about the stuff <laughs> I wrote down. And I think I actually threw it away so no one could ever find it and uncover <laughs> it. And it, it was I I definitely learned a lot about myself and how much I've grown and how much better I am and uh, better as far as um I've learned some lessons and I was really I was I was out of control but uh, I think that's a good good mindset going into it um, and some of the books I liked reading were the five love languages yeah and Mike we went through uh, what was that book Doctor Emerson Eggwitch.
0: Oh yeah. Love and respect, mm-hmm.
2: love and respect. So I didn't read that whole book, but the, the cycles were really sticking in my head. So there's right. the crazy cycle. Cause obviously the, the man wants to be respected. The woman wants to be loved. There's the two cycles where the man shows love, she shows respect. The man shows love, she shows respect. And then the crazy cycle is opposite. The man doesn't show love, she doesn't show respect. And you can get in that crazy cycle. You have to know that you've entered the crazy cycle and be the one to lead and get yourself out of it and kind of get back on that. What was the good cycle called? I don't remember. I just, it's love and respect. I can't remember. Outside of what I already talked about, uh, I've read through the Bible from front to back twice in my life and... Uh, it's been too long since I've done it. I, th- I did it with Christy when we first got married, and now, uh, you know, as a small group leader, you're kind of focusing on different passages every week, but I have realized it's, it's long overdue that it was time for me to go back through. I think it was early December. I realized that it was definitely time to go through again, so I'm in the middle of Exodus right now trying to work my way through, so that's another thing I'm really focusing on there.
0: You know, I would I would make a recommendation too for that, um, guys. If you're listening to this, I I have read through the Bible a number of times using the chronological Bible, the one year chronological Bible, and man, I was like in my 40s before I realized how the Bible was arranged, uh, and and it was not chronological. I just there's some people who just know that and take it for granted, and I I just had never embrace that. And so uh, a great way to read the entire Bible and to learn something about how it's organized is to read the Chronological Bible. We'll put a link to that in our um, in our notes for this. Anything else, Chris, that you're looking forward to for 2021?
2: Uh, just if I could span, expand a little more on the Bible reading. One yeah. of the reasons I was uh, convicted about that is back in the day, Chuck Lawless, when he was interim pastor here, we, we met several times and he told me that he would read through the Bible every year and with a different he would have two highlighters, I believe it was, and he would highlight, you know, one, he would highlight different things every year. So one year might be le- stuff about leadership. One year might be stuff about, um, I don't know, prayer stuff. So he would read through every year and kind of on different topics, he would uh, highlight through the whole Bible. So he could have go back if he was looking for verses on leadership, he could go back to the whole Bible and find stuff. And he was preaching every Sunday. So I really have no excuse not to read through, which was part of the reason it convicted
0: me. <laughs> That's awesome, you know. And Chuck has uh, written a blog post oh, about that um, about that Bible reading strategy. So maybe we'll put a link to that as well. Well, let's let's jump to Mike. Mike, tell us what uh, what you're working on for 2021. What's going to be on your reading list or your to do list in terms of personal spiritual growth and
3: and leadership considering our audience and all one of the th- things that I can really encourage uh, guys in is that uh, uh, one way to hold yourself accountable is to uh, be obligated to, to others. Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, I, I love to do, especially with my senior guys, before I send them out is uh, I like to read through a, a, a significant book like uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. Uh, and. And it's it's a wonderful way of doing one-on-one discipleship, opening the Scripture and and actually show how God's Word gets lived out um, in um, in in real life. Another thing, two of us, two of my guys and I have just finished or just about to wrap up going through J.I. Packer's Knowing God. I'm reading and, that right now. Yeah, and talk about a deep dive yeah. into the Scripture that is just really really rich. Um, I Zach, uh, your Zach has uh, asked me to be a part of his better man group, and uh, of course, I'm a big advocate for uh, for stepping up. Uh, We're trying to get uh, men plugged in and really involved in our in our church fellowship, and also, you know, questioning does uh, does this this, does this uh, COVID crisis still Ah, uh, give us the opportunity to do marriage ministry, like doing vertical marriage right. um, online. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that uh, that I'm looking at, and uh, you know, you just can't get very stale if uh, you invest in others. Right. And and it's always the teacher who gets the blessing. I don't know about my, you know, about the one side disciple, but I I just I get blessed by it.
0: So. That's right. Well, I am so thankful for the wisdom that you guys have shared, man. We're going to collect this whole list of resources and books and make sure we put those in the in the show notes for folks to take a look at. Um, and it, just in the interest of time, I'm going to go ahead and call this to closure. But um, guys, I'm thankful. This has been a hard year and um, I'm not sure that we're going to find ourselves in smooth sailing for another six to nine months at least. And We keep talking about going back to normal. I think when we get to another place, it's not going to necessarily look like what we used to have. I think there are going to be some things that are different about the way we do life and church and and so forth. And So the point that I'm making with many pastors is that you can crisis-proof and pandemic-proof the church by investing strategically in men, helping men to connect with God's Word so that they are prepared to lead their families well and to make sure that men are connected with other men who would sharpen and shape each other because a small group of six guys uh, can find a way to meet even when they discourage churches meeting in large gatherings. So, guys, you've heard Zach talk about his Mach 6 group. You've heard Mike talk about his discipleship with uh, numbers of young men. You've heard Chris talk about groups that he's part of. Um, And, guys, I would just say one of the things that if you are not as we close out 2020, if you're not connected with some other men in a regularly meeting time for Christian fellowship and Bible study or encouragement, growth in manhood, reading a book together, then uh, that might need to be a critical resolution for you in 2021. We'd love to help you get headed in that direction. So let us know if we can do that. Let me let me just uh, go around the bases again and see if there are any final comments from guys that you would share for our listeners. Why don't we start with you, Zach? Any final comments that you would share from share with folks who might be listening today about how to how to finish strong and uh, launch well in 21.
1: One of my one of my favorite verses uh, in the Bible comes from First Peter, um, and I, I believe it's First Peter ten uh, or First Peter five ten. And he talks about after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ. Will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And uh, some of the trials of my life in previous years have really pointed me to this verse, and just the sense that God is a God who restores and He loves to restore. And this year, I think we, I think it's safe to say we've all suffered a little while. Yeah. Um. And so I'm looking forward to the uh, restoration that God will bring in 2021. Um. And if not then, in years in the future. So, um, I'm clinging to that promise. Um, I'm holding out for that hope and that is, uh, how I'm entering 2021.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Mike, what are your thoughts? Any final comments for guys who might be listening about finishing strong in 2020 and launching well in 2021?
3: You know, I, I, I always come back to the culture too, and, and how deceptive things can be. And I, I, uh, one of my life verses and motivations is, uh, is for Paul in Colossians 2, 8, 9, which is see to it that no one takes you captive yeah. through hostile and deceptive philosophies mm. that depend on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than of Christ. And so how can we go into 2021 equipping our, our disciples, our family, our children with uh, and our in our church with uh, with those uh Christ-like principles? And uh, the, the the church has weathered many storms in the past and uh, use, using that kind of guidance, uh, it will in the future.
0: Amen. Very good. Chris, any final thoughts for folks who might be listening about finishing strong and launching well?
2: Yeah, I would just recommend that people go for themselves and read that Desiring God article that I recommended. Uh, And then I know you're going to put it in the, in the notes. There's also another one they did earlier this year about rejecting passivity. And those are the two things that have been, um, really convicting me lately. So I would recommend going to read about, uh, being a strong, uh, uh, good man and, uh, rejecting passivity.
0: Well, and, and Chris, thanks for saying that, um, Reminding us about those things, and and folks, I would just say if you're listening to this, maybe you're familiar with the podcast and may not be familiar with the Noble Warrior's website. But part of what we do is collect what we think are the best posts and articles that we can find about manhood and leadership and fatherhood and grandfathering and all those sorts of things. Purity. So uh, visit the Noble Warrior's website, and uh, it may be a great place for you to jump off and find some some articles that may be helpful for you in a particular stage in life. So. Uh, that's awesome. And I, you know, one of the things that I have heard over and over again it's not Christian, it's not kingdom necessarily, but leaders are readers. And so, guys, if you um, have responsibility to lead, and I would argue that every man has responsibility to lead, first you have to lead yourself well. Then you may have the responsibility to lead some others at work or on a team uh, before you ever have to think about leading a family. But if you're going to have any responsibility in this life, then you need to be reading. You need to be reading the word. You need to be reading other resources to learn how to, uh, to live this Christ-like life and to represent him in what you say and do. So, uh, guys, thanks so much, Zach, Chris, Mike, thank you for your time today. And, uh, we may have to get you on again and catch up again, but, uh, Next week, our podcast uh, lineup is essentially going to be a best of. So we're going to recommend the, the most popular podcast from 2020. This is our uh, our inaugural year and then the following week we'll post an, uh, a podcast recording of me talking to my three sons, uh, kind of a young men conversation. so that should be fun. And then we'll launch into season two of the nobleman podcast. In January. So God bless you, men. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Zach, Mike, Chris, thank you so much for your time. God bless you, men.